Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of TempleofMiriam.com in Seattle, Washington, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Doc Murphy of the Twin Cities, Minnesota in Paganistan. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, Conjurman Ali of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, bringing us today's topic of breaking love curses and blocks. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we're going to catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Kat and Doc Murphy. How are you guys? Hi, just fine today. This is Kat. Um, things are doing really well. Um, lots of products being made for the Lucky Mojo shop. The sun is shining, as always, in the summer in California. And um, we are down to the wire. Um, possibly we will have up tonight uh, images of the two new books that are coming out, Bottle Up and Go and um, The Guiding Light to Power and Success. It's even possible that were Nagashiva to be able to grow another set of hands, he could actually go to Dropbox and cut that cover, those covers down and post them and put links, and you all could see how beautiful Gray Townsend's work is on the, these books. I've just been itching to get them out where people can see them. Bottle Up and Go is our book on container spells, packets, boxes, bags, bowls, buckets, jars, uh, you name it. And um, it's a really interesting book filled with methodology. But not just theory. There's 100, actually more than 100, uh, full, complete spells outlined in the book. So it's a book you'll want. I think it'll be equivalent to the book Paper in My Shoe and The Art of Making Mojos. Uh, in that it'll deal with a certain technique. Also, hoodoo honey and sugar spells is another one like that. But um, I think if people will find it to be very useful. It's 90% hoodoo, but in it there are a few pages um, by some friends of ours who come from outside the hoodoo and conjure tradition. There are There's a page on Scandinavian spiritus boxes, and there are a couple of pages on Jewish inscribed amulet bowls by our own Dr. Jeremy. And then there's a page or two on Arabic incantation gin bowls. And uh, that's by our own countryman, Ali. So uh, we managed to get in a little bit of around-the-world tour like I like to do in my books. I think you're going to like it. Guiding Light to Power and Success, I almost need to say nothing about it since it's been in print since 1942. And if you missed it, in the first six editions, now you're going to get the new 
fabulous revised edition because it did go out of print temporarily about two years ago. And so I decided to to bring it into the 21st century and do some upgrades, enlarge it, and I think you're going to like that one too. All right, so that's it for me. Let me say hello to my fabulous guest co-host. Hi, Doc Murphy. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. I am so excited about the new books. I yay, um, book nerd like me, just just super excited about that. So looking forward to checking out the page later. Um, on my end, things are okay. Um, we have been sweltering in Minnesota. There's all sorts of jokes about how cold Minnesota is, but we've been getting some ridiculously hot climate change induced summers and. We've been sweating through more heat advisories than a lot of us are accustomed to. It finally broke last night with a storm. But there's some real concern because um, folks that live in this part of the country are not usually accustomed to really long, hot, humid, climate-change-induced summers. So a lot of folks don't have air conditioning, myself included. And um, usually those folks have places to go in, in the Twin Cities, uh, like cooling centers, you know, uh, places like um, school build, business, uh, schools and businesses and community centers, just places we can go and just sit in the air conditioning. Well, with COVID, um, those places can't function because there's no way to really safely socially distance indoors. They're working on this right now. So there's, um, it, it, it's, it's been peculiar with regard to climate. Um, yeah, I see Miss Miranda Carroll lives in Minneapolis. She's in the chat and saying, yeah, it's been kind of insane. So it's been, <laughs> my weekend has been a lot of laying on the floor in the dark with a wet towel on my head um, mm. and trying to tell me if that's being spiritual. <laughs> wow. That's what you're calling hot. Um, um, we have a thing here called the heat index, which if the humidity is at a certain point, there may be a temperature, air temperature, but the humidity makes it feel warmer. So, um, temperatures like 98, 99, feeling like 105, um, stuff like that, and, and lasting for a couple, three days. So, again, this is the hottest summers that Minnesota has recorded since they started recording. Um, so, wow. on, on that sense, it's been kind of hanging in there. Um, that said, this is usually the time of year in Paganistan and in the pagan community where it's a festival season at its highest um, I was originally booked this week uh, or next week to um, be a week-long guest presenting at the Sacred Harvest Festival in uh, Albert Lee, Minnesota. And of course, with uh, with COVID, a lot of the events, a lot of the festivals have been canceled, um, except for the pagan camp I went to a couple of weeks ago, which was the Alchemical Fire Circle, where I got to for four days be out in the woods under the stars with great friends doing three-day-long, very physical, alchemical work for three nights in a row in order to, you know, slough off our dross and make make transformation happen. And it's uh, something we look forward to every year. And it's it's not a party. It's hard work. But like I said, we look forward to it. So I did have a break of about five days where I disappeared into <laughs> the country of Wisconsin and um, got magical. So... That's wonderful. Yeah, I saw some video of that um, alchemical fire circle. What an amazing event. That was really something. Yeah, um, it's uh, about 11 years ago. The, if anyone knows of the uh, very famous stage magician, um, Jeff McBride, uh, he's, mm-hmm. he and his wife, Abby Spinner, are part of the pagan community, and they're the ones that 
um, created the concept of this three-day-long, um, very physically intense, uh, magical working that's uh, um, kind of affiliated with the three stages of alchemy. You know, you have your, mm-hmm. your blackening mm-hmm. night, which is where we all kind of break things down. You have the whitening night, which is where you clean and purify and, and cleanse. Mm-hmm. And then the last night, which is the night of gold, where you refine. And um, it is not for beginners. It is uh, mm-hmm. inintensive. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, but like I said, this is the 12th one I've been to. Um, and it's really, like I said, I think it's some of the best, best stuff pagans are doing right now. So, Wow. Very neat, very neat. I, yeah, like I said, I mm-hmm. I, I watched uh, a video of it, and it was obviously very intense, very physically demanding, and also uh, transformative to the participants. Very neat. Mm-hmm. Very emotionally demanding, too. I mean, a lot of folks come with um, very intense personal issues, trauma they're working through, legal issues. Uh, basically, it's one of the few places, I think, left where we kind of create a vessel to, to contain things and people can have all the catharsis that they need to in order to come back and, um, you know, come back into regular society, newly healed and newly transformed and with some new strength to, to be able to deal with what they're dealing with. But I'm kind of of the opinion that we don't have enough space in our society for catharsis and for, mm-hmm. you know, really letting out a scream, really having a good cry, really having those, those moments um, of breakthrough where Mm -hmm. you can actually engage in your own healing. And so we provide that for folks. But like I said, it's an intensive. It's, it's, um, and it's not everyone's magical style either. You know, for folks that kind of like to do the kind of magic where all your, all your ducks are in a row and all your correspondences line up and there's a kind of a rule bound way to do things. This is probably not your thing. Um, But Mm -hmm. really, really trust (laughs) improvisation and catharsis and letting things happen as they need to happen because you trust that this, this Mm -hmm. could be something you would really be into. So, yeah, neat. Very neat. And you do it every year, huh? Every year so far. I haven't missed one yet. So and how many years has it been going on? That I've been attending in Paradise, which is uh, on private property in in uh, Wisconsin. This was this was their twelfth. So I've been there all twelve years. Um, there are other public circles around the country. There's one at Circle Sanctuary every year. There's one in Hawaii. There's um, the the McBride to do it out in Las Vegas where they live. Um, so there's a lot of other regional fire circles too that have been mm-hmm. doing it longer and more shorter. So. Oh, cool. Very neat. Yeah. Well, thanks for for telling us about that. That's that's something uh, previously was unknown to me, and I enjoyed watching it. All right. Well, um, today we have as our guest the inimitable um, Conjurman Ali, and uh, we're going to bring him on in just a second, but let me tell you a little bit about him. Um, Conjurman Ali is a man that I've known for many, many years. He first came to my attention when he showed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And he began making some interesting and, um, and I would say, erudite posts. And I thought, who is this guy? And finally <laughs> got, to, got a hold of it. It turned out he was a very young man. And, um, but he had some experience and some interest in hoodoo um, going back to his childhood in Virginia. And mm-hmm. But when I began to ask him about who he was, it turned out his background was not African-American but Middle Eastern. But having been, as he put it, um, 
just another brown kid. He was put in, <laughs> in, this, in with the other brown kids, and so he had a lot of black friends. And his his um his experience somewhat paralleled mine as a Jewish kid who was also yeah. not allowed to be with the white kids. So I had to be with the black kids or the Chinese kids. Those were my choices. <laughs> and um, so um, so he, so he also had come to Hudu very early, very very similar background to mine, but in an entirely different place, Virginia rather than California. And um, he uh, took my course and, of course, succeeded admirably. And he grew up while I watched um, and became a a professional historian and has broadened his uh, work to include his own Middle Eastern traditions, which he now presents um, on the on the radio show, the Lucky Mojo Hudu Root Work Hour, and also um, through personal consultant consultations. So, um, Kanjaman Ali was um, like a really good friend, and one day, something really weird happened at the at the Hudu radio show, which was that um, my former co-host, for whatever reason, um, decided to lock us all out of our own show. Uh, you know, things happen. Yeah. People people do their thing. And um, while Nagashiva, it took him, I think, eight minutes, if I remember right, to get in, get to Block yeah. Talk Radio, get a human being on the line, say, explain what had happened, and get the show started, while people were waiting in the chat room going, what's happening? Huh? And I said, and now I need a co-host. So... Um, I I picked a couple of co-hosts. I alternated them for a while. One was Miss Michael, and the other was Conjurman Ali. And in the end, I settled on Conjurman Ali to be my permanent co-host because he has a deeper voice than mine. Whereas Miss Michael, <laughs> Miss Michael, equally educated, equally wonderful, equally good speaker, she has the same damn California accent that I have. <laughs> and it's not good radio to put on two people with the same pitch and the same accent because you can't tell them apart in radio. Um, right. So I um, I went with Contraband Ali. I have not regretted it. We've been um, teammates ever since. So that's Contraband Ali, the most um, polite and erudite root worker I know, a great astrologer, <laughs> a great a great Arabic geomancer, and a wonderful practitioner of hoodoo. Now, having said that, welcome to our show, Kanjurman Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that very kind and, and lovely introduction. It was a walk down memory lane. We've been friends for, for so long now, and partner is really the fantastic word for it, because even astrologically, we line up so much, uh, even mm-hmm. in our tendencies and our obsessions and hobbies. So it has Mm -hmm. been uh, a real honor to be on this journey with you and and fun to kind of step out of my co-host role and jump into the role of guest. I'm very much looking forward to uh, this show. Lots of kind of new and exciting things are also happening in in my neck of the woods. Um, I've just opened up some new uh, natal readings for people who are interested. You can go to conjuremanconsulting.com. They are very limited, unfortunately, because of my crazy work schedule as a professional historian uh, and writing and whatnot. There's only a limited number uh, of them open, but I'm going to open them up slowly, little bit by bit every month, opening a couple spots. And I'm very excited to reactivate my air page in the next uh, few weeks. So it should be 
all up and running for people who are interested in getting a reading or a consultation, happy to do so. Well, let's have the name of that website. Sure. It's ConjurmanConsulting.com. ConjurmanConsulting.com. Now, I'm going to just um, ask a possibly stupid question. What about your old (laughs) website? Is that going to stay there or be a redirect? No, that's going to be a redirect at at some point once I get around to it. I've been fiddling with tech for the past few days. I'll get around to it eventually. But, yes, it'll eventually redirect to this this new page. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, you're probably knee-deep in code by now, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So and I'm not I took as a little nearly as skilled as a coder as you are. So this is all like I'm I'm translating Greek basically. Yeah, well, it looks like you're using a um, one of those pre-templated things, so that'll save you about 90% of the code, but even mm-hmm. so you're still going to have to you're still got coding up to up the wazoo to do. I can see oh, it. Yeah. Um now, I'm going to um offer my help if you ever need any help coding. I'll be glad to, you know, like throw some code at you. Um that's oh, what that's I awesome. do. I love it, uh, but I and I enjoy doing it. Um I did take a little walk through the preview and um it is um you know, we're still looking at the scaffolding, you know, lower them up oh, and yeah. all that good stuff. Um uh, for those who don't know what I just said, lorem ipsum is um old typesetter's code for type <laughs> will go here. And it's just paragraphs of just what's called Greeking or, or just butchered Latin. It's just words. And um, so that's what we have there. Um, but oh, it's yeah. a scaffolding. And, I've, um, I've called it a functional but skeleton. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So when you when you go into that site, and we just uh, we just posted the link. It's conjuremanconsulting.com. When you go into the site, if you're if you're hearing this soon after this show broadcast live, um, just look. You'll see the drop cloths. You'll see the um, you know the step ladders. You'll see the don't step in those those you know paint trays with the rollers in them. Don't do that. Don't step in those because you'll get <laughs> paint all over your feet. Um, so you know, take it easy. But it, it's obviously on its way, and I'm guessing, knowing what I know about code, he'll have that thing whipped into shape in about two weeks, is my guess. Oh yeah. And yep. And it'll be, and he'll pull up a couple of uh, late nighters to do it, and it's going to be beautiful, Ollie. It's going to be real nice. Get some pictures up there. Show what you do. Look at it. It's going to be. It's going to be sweet. And then. After that's all done, he's going to remake his um, air page. It'll go live. Uh, Ollie's been on sabbatical for quite a while, and mm-hmm. he's he's taken um, customers and clients. So, congratulations! I'm so happy to see that. Oh now, yeah, I'm glad to glad to be back. Yeah, it's it's back. Um, now I noticed in the chat room, uh, people are saying the sound is going in and out. Um, those of us who are on the phone line, we sure can hear everything just fine. So we're not sure what's happening with the rest of the world, but um, we believe that a good recording is being made of this show just to reassure those that we haven't had any dropout on sound in our line. So we don't know what what the deal is. Okay, so um, this brings us to the topic of today's show. Um, Now, those of you who know Conjurman Ollie know um, that 
he is a patient man. But just before the show started, he he told me that there is... He let slip. We have a little chat before the. You didn't know that, did you? We have a little chat before the show starts. And he let slip that, you know, after these many, 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 many years, it's difficult for him to deal with reconciliation cases where people don't get the message. And mm. I, I said, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I could do those reconciliation cases um, you know, from now until the day I die, I'm sure I just keep on doing them. I, everyone is brand new to me. They're all similar but different, different but similar. They're just love reconciliation cases. And those of you who are longtime listeners to this show know that Ollie has a number of ways of talking to people about uncrossing their hurt in mm-hmm. love and making way for new love and taking off love jinxes. Um, he wants to get in there and mess with the gears. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to just put a new dress on the mannequin. He wants to really get in there and mess with the gears because, um, like many men, he's not there to soothe and pamper and cluck, cluck, and coo. Oh, you poor thing. That's not the Countryman Ollie way. The Countryman Ollie way is get up and do something. So we're going to bring you the um, topic of getting up and doing something um, and, um, you know, getting love uncrossed from love crossings and how to do it. So take it away, Ollie. And um, if you've been cursed, if you've been blocked in love, um, tell us, what do you do? Yeah, this is this is it. this is a topic that I've been really wanting to talk about for a while. And you're right. Um, you know, part of it is the Taurus in me, right? We're just very practical people. When things go wrong, we're like, all right, let's fix it. And one of the ways that I approach the work that I I, I do um, is that I'm I don't believe in kind of like like oh you light a candle and then everything will be okay. I believe in getting in and really fixing the underlying conditions so that there's a permanent solution. Right, things are fixed. I don't want clients that that come to me and do reconciliation work, and then six months, like I'm still having, I'm having new problems. Now we got in a fight. Can you do another one? And then six months from now, I'm like, oh well, now they've left. Can you do another? I'm not into that. I'm very much about like, all right, let's resolve this once and for all. And love, like money, can really get crossed up pretty badly. And there's a variety of ways that it happens. And I kind of identify four categories in which love gets crossed love gets blocked, uh, or there's some type of curse involved. The first is what I call patterns. These are generally self-inflicted. These are things that you do as an individual that hurt your chances of love. It's, uh, you know, you get in a relationship with someone and then you start to pick fights. And then you wonder why the relationship breaks up. Well, you keep fighting with that person, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, the patterns of being unable to see uh, love for what it is. I've had clients where you reconciliation work and they get the success they want, but they cannot recognize it. Oh, my ex called me back. Oh, wonderful. He's like, oh, but I didn't pick up the phone. Well, son of a, why did you not pick up the phone? Right? So these are, that's patterns. This is stuff you do to yourself. Then there are curses. Mm-hmm. This is where people do stuff to you. 
this is usually directed at you from uh, exes or the partners of exes, people who hate your guts and don't want to see you happy. And so they'll curse you. It can involve something very elaborate and in-depth like a ritual, or it can involve prayer. I hope you never find love. That's a really powerful prayer. And said with an angry heart and mind, it can do some damage. So curse is a second one. It's very external. It's not something that you've done, but someone has done it to you. The third mm-hmm. is astrological. There are things that happen with our birth, afflicted uh, Venus, for example, or bad placement, or even just weather issues, right? It's during your solar return, certain transits are happening, and that might mean that it's just not the right time. So astrological is much more about weather. You're putting out the sign, you want love, but it's a stormy day and no one's paying attention. So knowing that. And then the fourth, one that's often not talked about, I call these spiritual infections. This is a result, usually unintentional, of you getting involved with someone that carries a mess on them. In the same way that we can get sexually transmitted diseases, so too can we get spiritually transmitted diseases, if you will. And this is very real. These are kind of vampiric relationships, vampiric and parasitic uh, experiences, and you don't even realize it, and the other person may not realize it either. But they just carried their dirt and baggage with them, and now they've dumped it into your lap, and now you're kind of a mess. The first step is to recognize what is going on right? Is it something that I'm doing? Is it astrological? Is it a curse? Is it a spiritually transmitted experience? And this is where a consultation or a reading comes in handy. You go to a root worker, you go to a consultant, you go to a, uh, a reader, and they read for you, and they find out what is going on. Oh, this is a pattern issue. Here's what we need to do to break those patterns. Once you've diagnosed it, then you can start to take the steps towards healing, towards fixing. And whenever it comes to unbreaking these type of love curses, there's always two components to it, healing and attraction. You need to heal the wound, fix the problems, resolve the hurt or the trauma, whatever it is. You can't blame your new partner for all the shit your ex put you through, so there needs to be a healing that's done. And then the next component is attraction. This is where you bring in the people to you. And attraction is also about feeling good. You know, if you're if you're in a state of being crossed up in love, it sends out a really odd signal. And if a person is spiritually aware, they can pick up on it. And I've seen readers. I remember the first time I encountered one of these loved crossings. It was actually with my mentor, Mama J. I was very young. I think I was 14 or 15 years old at the time. And the person came in, and Mama J was one of the rare readers at the time who did read tarot, but she didn't even pull a single card. The person sat down, she goes, I can already see it all over your face. She just read mm-hmm. their spirit. And you, the crossed condition was just kind of reverberating off of them, almost like a, like a smell or a stench. And that happens mm-hmm. with love situations. If you're a spiritual worker, you can almost see it. You're like, oh, my God, this person has mm-hmm. been messing up their relationships for the past 20 years. Or <laughs> this poor person has mm-hmm. been suffering from a crossed condition for the past year. You can really it because it gives off a certain vibe. So this is why you need to heal, and then you need to do some type of attraction work because it helps fix that vibe, the smell that you're putting out there. It's a bit like putting on perfume. So you you do the bath, you clean yourself, and then you spray some nice perfume or cologne, and then you go out there. And this is kind of my approach to uncrossing love work. 
or curses. Yeah. Wow. That you are so orderly in your thinking. You got your four <laughs> little bullet points there. And um no, seriously, that is you've just nailed um you know, twenty years worth of people picking this stuff up casually. You've just presented uh-huh. it to them on a platter. Thank you so much. Now I'm gonna uh talk about the disappointment that people find when they believe that they have fallen into one of these four patterns, but Mm -hmm. when the reader says, you've fallen into a different pattern. So, for instance, they think they've fallen into a pattern of curses from um, in-laws, but you find through your reading that they've fallen into a pattern of bad behavior that is self-generated. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hard Very one true. to break to them. That's where a lot of readers run afoul of them. We do the work for them or we help them do the work. The person comes back and they screw it up. We all laugh about that. We, we can't help. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the problem is they weren't properly diagnosed at the beginning. Sometimes readers don't want to diagnose that at the beginning because they don't want to hurt the client's feeling because the client might not like them and might go away to another person and say, oh, that, that reader was bad. But you have to sometimes say, no, you're not cursed, dear. You've been trained badly. And you can yeah. even ask if you want to, if you want to like nail it down with some science, right? You can say, did your mother and father divorce? Oh, no, they were never even married. Oh, alcoholism in your family much? Oh, yeah, my, my stepdad used to beat the shit out of my mother. You know, and mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. this is what has happened to this beautiful child that only wanted love. They grew up in a household that was not married, that was not friendly. Oh, you know, mom was always cheating and drinking, you know, in the closet. Or dad, you know, had three other women and three outside children. I mean, and then they wonder why they can't have a relationship. It's a curse on my family. It might not yeah. be a curse on the family. It might be a habit, a behavior that was picked up by multiple members in the family. It could be a generational curse. It could be, mm-hmm. but but it might not be. And so this is something where you have to kind of be honest with people. Astrological natal placements and um, transits, which Ollie was calling the weather, those you really have to talk about. Some people don't want to hear about astrology. They just, I don't get it. I don't want to know. Just don't even blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm reading tarot cards and I get the chariot, I'm going to tell them you need an astrological reading because that's the card yeah. of you need an astrological reading. That, that's what that card is for. <laughs> also, the star can indicate that as well. And um, so um, I just, you know, do it. Um, and, and I also think that... Um, Spiritual infections. This is more common among the young, but you've, yes. you've nailed something there. This is where you hang out with the mean girls in school trying to get their favor, and they're always talking smack about everybody behind their back, right? Mm-hmm. And then you end up doing it, and the next thing you know, they're doing it about you, and the next thing you know, you're not a nice girl anymore, and um, the nice guys don't want you, and you don't know yes. why. And... Um, you are sometimes then would be referred to as a drama queen, but you didn't start off as a drama queen. That wasn't your personality. You picked it up from your roommates or your high school friends or people on the street. And that is something that um, it's easier to get get, um, past that when people hit their Saturn return. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's that's that's the moment of waking up and saying, "Oh, adult now." And if you can talk to people about their Saturn return and say, "Hey, you know, you've been you know you've been playing teen for a long time, and you're already you know like almost thirty, can't be teen no more. We're not going to play those infected." parasitic vampiristic games that you know you got infected with people also pick it up from situation comedies what i call the comedy of cruelty and um and and they love that stuff so much look what they got for a president the comedy of cruelty um but in terms of love <laughs> in terms of love um, a good time to move past that for somebody is when they have their saturn return so that's my comment on mm-hmm. what you say what do you think doc murphy well, I kind of, as my as my first attempt at um, being guest co-host here, I kind of come at this from another angle. I'm not myself a, a professional reader, a professional woodworker. I'm not a member of AIR. I have my goal is to take Miss Cat's class, and it always seems to, you know, slip from my fingers and, and not be the right time. But what I am and have been for a long time is not only a, a personal practitioner but a client, and I actually found that a really good place to kind of see patterns with regard to, to uh, spell work, especially Love Uncrossing, it has been the Lucky Murder Forum. Um, taking a scroll through that to kind of look at the kind of questions people asked and the kind of um, issues that they were wrestling with and the sort of remediation that folks in the forum were recommending was really quite um, enlightening. And I, I actually had a list made out of, oh, patterns, types of Love Uncrossing Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them, and I'm listening to Contraman Ali talking, going, well, he took that right out of my I also have the perspective, and this was actually kind of valuable, too, is looking at my own progression of asking dorky questions in the forum, because um, I went through a period where I was, you know, love-crossed. And it, it's interesting to hear you speak again of these uh, different themes and categories because kind of, I had to work with another air uh, root worker to actually lift a, a family curse from a dead relative in order to move forward from um, mm-hmm. uh, being crossed up in love. Um, thankfully, that helped a lot. But there's, you know, just even kind of looking at these different categories has been giving me as a practitioner and as a um, uh, inquisitor some other things to think about with regard to approaching love on crossing spells. I, I did want to ask, and like I said, I see my kind of my uh, role here is to kind of pepper you with questions because I'm an interviewer <laughs> by trade. Um, and to actually ask you, you know, are there um, situations where you have had to tell a client, you know, they're, they're come to you, crossed up in love, the reading says to do a certain kind of root work, and there's a strategic approach, you know, with work that they have to do in order to make sure that this cross condition comes off of them and this jinx is lifted? Um, Or are there other situations where you have to kind of advise them to not think their way or strategize their way out, but to kind of feel their way out, leave it to faith, or to kind Mm of... you know, you know what I mean. I'm I'm doing some some uh, love work right now, but a lot of my energy has been on my job search, and so I have to leave the love work to faith. And I don't do faith real good. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people <laughs> don't. Which is, I think why they come to root workers is because a lot of a lot of folks want to be able to do work. So mm-hmm. when you're when you're confronted with that, how do you how do you um, how do you discern between thinking your way through a, you know a root work and feeling your way through it and 
and uh, whether to advise a client to, to um, you know, take a, a faithful approach or to take a very strategic approach. Yeah, this is, this is great. Uh, I mean, you have to have faith for, for any of this work to really work. But I think if a person is in in a place where they have to kind of decide whether they, they can do love work or, or they have to focus elsewhere, that in and of itself tells us something, right? It means that the life, mm-hmm. that life stage that you're currently in is already working against you, right? That's where you're, you go, okay, we need to check the weather. We need to check what patterns are going on. And we need to go what's going on environmentally. But a person has to focus so much on, for example, career that they don't have time to, for love or that the love has to kind of be put up in the hands of faith. Now, we see this all the time. You brought up the, the uh, forum. Kat has talked about this over and over again where clients will sign up uh, on the forum and they're never find love one, two, five, right? And that's their screen name. And you go, hold on a minute. Kat, how many times have you said to people, hold on a minute, that's, this is not right. what you need oh, to be just, putting out there. Uh, Ali, just this last uh, week, there was someone signed up for the forum with the name Unlucky in Love. Yeah, I mean, there we go. You, you know, and as, uh, you know, as they say, <laughs> nomen est omen, Nomen est omen. You mustn't. You mustn't use a username yep. that doesn't uh, go with who you are. Um, a lot of what I, I want to throw in a little bit of a thought here too in answering what um, Doc Murphy said. Uh, for me, if they're going to call me as a root worker, um, I'm going to go not so much. I don't know about strategic versus fate and faith. I just simply say, you want to do it? Here, let's start simple with a bath. Yep. In other words, I just. I just say start with the bath. If you like it, let's keep going. But I don't um I don't plan for my clients because some of them come, some of them go, some of them stay. Um but if they will work with me over time, we'll get somewhere, but some don't do yep. that. So it's yep. not on me to have to decide for them. Yes, that's mm-hmm. very true. You've got that there's the agency of the client matters. They determine and more often not they come in with a very clear understanding of what they want to do. They very mm-hmm. well, I want this. Or I'm just here for reading and I'm ready to move on. But one of the things that I've, I've done over the years is all my kind of readings, particularly my astrological or life readings, always include a consultation component. These are the areas that the things are going wrong. Here's what you can do to fix it. Now, it's up to them if they're going to apply it or not, right? If they want to make a difference in their life, then they will be given the tools in order to do so. And when it comes to love uncrossing work, there, there is an element where empowerment matters. It's good for the root worker to do stuff. Right. If you are in a situation where things are out of your control and you don't have the power to fix everything, then a root worker can step in and help you. But there needs to be some involvement from the client, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to love uncrossing. You need mm-hmm. to be doing the baths. You need to be doing the practical work. You can uncross until the cows come home. But if you never step outside of your apartment or home, it's not going to do much. Right. If you are, mm-hmm. are, are do a million and one different uncrossing and blockbuster spells, but then you refuse to shave your, you know, quarantine beard, we'll say, mm-hmm. or refuse to put on new clothes, you've been wearing your pajamas for six weeks, then, you know, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if, if love won't find you, right? So there is an element in, in which, uh, like Kat, I'm very much like, all right, let's start here. Let's start at the very mm-hmm. least with a bath. Do this thing mm-hmm. here. But if and, you know, day, I just got to speak up yeah, yeah. For, um, for quarantine beards. They're so sexy. Yeah. So don't they worry about that. Be. Hey, dirty dirty pajamas, are. not so much. But, but 
beards real sexy. Um, but I'm a big believer of... in, in, in fashionable beards, making your beard look like, because I have a beard myself, right? Yes. And, and I'm yes. all about, I'm all about, it's how you present your beard. If your beard looks like you haven't washed it in years, you've got a problem, I know. Right? Well, you know, some of this <laughs> just, you know, some of us are just attracted to the, the au naturel male. Um, <laughs> that's true. In any way. So find, find what works for you. And that's part of, part of figuring out love on crossing too, is like, if yeah. things, you know, if you've been trying things, like you go out to coffee shops and it's not mm-hmm. working, then you need to find what works for you. Maybe for you, that beard, the all natural look is the look you want to be going for, right? Or maybe for you, you need an entire makeover. Love and Crossing is not a one size fits all. It's very personalized. You need to find what works for you, just in the same way that we diagnose where the problem is coming from and then provide provide a solution. So, too, there's a practical work involved. What works for you? Maybe you're much better at at texting. You're charming via text. So online Mm -hmm. dating is your thing. But maybe Mm -hmm. you suck at online texting and your charm is in person, so you need to get out there. So there is an element of you need to – there needs to be some type of physically – moving beyond the state that you're in. And that is, that's part of the attraction and healing component. It's not all works at the altar. It does involve a physical change in what you're doing. If you don't mm-hmm. have that component, you're still, you're going to delay your, your results a lot. Mm-hmm. I just have to make a little a shout out here to the uh, chat room. Luminaria star is cracking us up. Um, Luminaria star, by the way, says that, um, Asian pajamas are very acceptable. <laughs> at which point, at which point, Nagashiva says, "No pajamas for him. He's au naturel." And um, and Miss Michael is blushing in the in the corner with TMI. All right, you pick some doozy. You pick some doozy examples there. But let's talk just for a minute, though, about about love um, uncrossing. And again, yeah. to go back to how we do it, I I tend to prescribe baths. I tend to prescribe what I call Contramanali's bath because he's kind of perfected it over the years. There are variations of it. I always give credit to you, Ali, when I tell that bath because it's. It's so your thanks. signature, and um, and I'm sure we'll you know if you've listened to the show you know what we're talking about here, um, and um, the other thing that I um, recommend for people is to um, when they're going to be doing some love uncrossing, is to put anybody who they think have t- done a, a tying or a binding on their love put them in the freezer for now. It's yep. not important that you have to curse them, curse them, curse them, and send it back to them tenfold. Just put them in the freezer with some alum, stop them, slow them down to get yourself some breathing space. Also, on the social level, stop talking to them. Don't be around yeah. them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they're cursing yeah. you. They're actually cursing you. Um, for many people, uh, these curses also come from across the sea, across the water, across time. They were cursed mm-hmm. um, by family members who didn't succeed, especially if the family members lost um, a marriage and now are living in a crappy little apartment on welfare. And then they see you, the five-year younger sister, and you're out there dating, and you're dating some guy who's a law student, and they're just overcome with jealousy. And they evil on you, mm-hmm. and so you just have to just put it put it on in the freezer temporarily while you work on building up your own uh, self confidence, not to hurt them for cursing you out of jealousy, but just to put a stop to it. And of course, mm-hmm. there's jewelry and amulets and charms that can be used for that, you know, evil eye beads and things like that. If that's your 
inclination. I also yeah, want to oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Please finish your thought. Okay. I also I also want to mention as far as it goes at being a coach. I actually coach um people what what I would consider sort of um a kind of an amateurish version of cognitive behavioral therapy while I'm on the phone with them if they keep on telling me that things are going wrong and that they've done the love spell and mm-hmm. yet like what you just mentioned, you know, and then he called but I didn't pick up. Oh, I have yeah. to I have to delve into their their mind, you know. Well, there there are people who said things like, "I'm I'm a virgin, and he should know better than to text me after ten o'clock." I had someone say that to me. He should know better oh, than to text me after ten p.m. because I'm a virgin. And I'm like, "Gal, how much after ten p.m. was it?" Well, it was quarter after. Well, you know, you may stay a virgin. <laughs> I don't know what. It, no, really, I don't even know what, it, what they were saying. But they said that to me. So you have to try to coach them. Now, this person was born in another country, where that meant something, but the boyfriend was not born in that country, and it didn't mean anything yeah. to the boyfriend that you can't call the virgin after 10 p.m. I said, you know, so what's your boyfriend's name? And I got a name that was not of the nation of the person. You know, it was a different name. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you ever thought that maybe he just he just didn't realize? And, and they go, mm-hmm. well, but you know, I got in trouble with my mother and father. And I'm like, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, just talk to him quietly and say, you know, that's you can't break up with him just because he didn't know your custom. So there's mm-hmm. many co- coaching moments that actually go when you're looking to get someone uncrossed from love. I do want to put in one little shout out to my old favorite spell. If someone has tied or bound a man's penis so he can't get an erection, go get a folding pocket knife. Go down to a river, unfold it, blade side up, pee on it in a stream that will split on the blade. Um, then fold it up um, halfway up, then fold it up all the way up. Walk away from the river, throw it in over, over your left shoulder. You can throw it into the bushes or you know wherever you want to, and walk home a different way. That is to cut a tying mm-hmm. on the penis. And I have also used it with women, although it was only taught to me for a man. You can also do it um, by squatting and peeing if you're a lady or standing up and peeing if you're a strong-legged lady um, with with a folding knife. But you want to use a really little folding knife if you're a lady, not one of them big old dirks, okay? And this this is something that the root worker cannot do for you, right? Yes, yes. So some of what happens when you go for a love uncrossing consultation is the root worker will prescribe work for you to do. Don't expect the root Mm -hmm. worker to do it all. Yeah, there's, I have a funny story about the knife and the, the river thing that you're going to crack up about. So it's probably the most famous way of uh, of, of, of fixing, a, of undoing uh, a curse on a man's nature. Probably, I would say, probably one of the most famous ways of doing it. And very popular. So in Virginia, I think it was, uh, I think I may have been 19 at the time or something along those lines. They decided to uh, clean up the river at one point, the river near my house. And they scraped the bottom of the river and the number of knives mm-hmm. that they found. And these, these, these <laughs> municipal officials mm-hmm. had no idea. They had no clue. They're like, 
what is going on? Why are there so many knives up here? And we were all just cracking mm. up because we, mm-hmm. we knew exactly why there were knives down there. No one was murdering and throwing the knives away. People were just trying to clear uh, the, the tying up of their nature. It was a very common. It was also an old-timey tradition for erectile dysfunction. To, even if you weren't cross, they used to say, if you've got problems with erectile dysfunction, go the knife, pee on it, throw it in the river. <laughs> this is a very old yeah. way of working. It's a, and the that is, that no is so cool. That Because that is one of the very oldest spells, and it dates back just forever and ever and ever. And that yeah. doesn't mean it's not effective. It just means it's old. It's oral tradition. Hundreds yep. of people, thousands of people know about it, but here we are talking about it on the Internet because so many people um, come to us who have no understanding of magic, folk magic, other than yeah. that they were taught in, you know, again, horror shows, situation comedies, first-person shooters, mm-hmm. whatever, <laughs> movies. And um, But, you know, someday, now that we've talked about it, someday there is going to be a movie in which someone pees on a knife, and then everyone's going to send me a link, and they're going to say, look, Miss Cat, they discovered authentic hoodoo. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> It'll, happen. It'll happen. Mark my words. I said that today. I said that today. Uh, this is Saturday. July 26, 2020, there will be a movie in which someone pees on a folding knife and throws it in the river. Um, I, it's going to happen. I see it already. Yeah. I, I should say that one of the things that I'm very, when we're talking about the type of work that we do when it comes to love on crossing, I do believe, for example, you mentioned a bath. Baths are really good. But I do also believe that the follow-up should always involve sometimes something tactile. It could be just the earth sign and me. I am a big believer in talismans, mojo bags, jars, things that you can hold on to for a long period of time to symbolize that you've broken that pattern, broken that curse, and now you're aiming to to be happy and find love wherever it is. It's because um, at the end of the day, when it comes to the kind of a worldview of voodoo, the view is that every single person is destined to have love, happiness, success, and material comfort. There is no idea that you're supposed to be spiritually happy and materially miserable. It doesn't exist. Voodoo is very practical. The idea of blessing in voodoo is a very material understanding of blessing. You are blessed means that your life is good. God's giving you a good car, a good home, a good family, etc. This is this is very traditional down south black Christianity, right? Very, very much associated with Baptist Christianity. So mm-hmm. if you don't have it, something has gone wrong. There has been mm-hmm. interference, and this is where we do the diagnosis. This is why I'm a big believer of ending any type of love and crossing work with something tactile, because it is a physical representation of the blessing that you carry with you going forward. You will either mm-hmm. carry it as a talisman on your body, or you will hold it as a mojo back, or as a jaw, or as some type of physical object to symbolize it, the blessing you now possess that blessing. You are now moving forward from the state of want, the state of being cross, and now you physically possess it, and therefore you will have love uh, and happiness and so on and so forth. So I do believe of a sort of tactile component. So all of my love on crossing work ends with this kind of, now you have this physical object that you will hold and carry. Yeah, I do the same thing, but we're both Tauruses. So, you know, amulets are us. (laughs) It really comes through. Yeah, I was, well, 
long time ago. I literally I was going to open a store called Amulets R Us, but it became the um, the uh, Lucky W Amulet Archive, um, mainly because I couldn't make a backwards R on the computer. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> a different life. <laughs> yeah, just as good. Um, yeah, amulets amulets for um, bringing love are very simple. But amulets for removing um, and repelling curses and bad luck are um, almost as um, common. Then the question becomes, which do you wear? And I'm going to tell you something that I do, and this is to make a double-sided amulet. So I have um, found, I'm just going to give an example um, that just had to do with some uh, an astrological amulet that I just prescribed for a lady, but just it doesn't matter whether it's for love or for money or whatever it was. She had a situation, and uh, there were some bad planets, and there was a lot of really bad shit going on. And this gets stimulated every summer when the Sun, Mercury, and Venus run over this position on her chart, which makes a grand cross out of what was just a T-square. And mm. she noticed it's been going on for 15 years, and it involves all kinds of accidents and bad things. And it so oh, wow. happened that the only planet that was really well favored in this chart was Jupiter. And so I said she's she should get a Solomonic seal of Jupiter. Just get one of those pewter ones or silver ones or whatever and get a, a lapis, which is a stone of Jupiter, a cabochon, and then go to a jeweler and just don't don't go to one of those $500 for an electional amulet thing. Just go to a jeweler and say I'd like a bezel put on this thing and I'd like the the cabochon on it. Now I could wear it either way. So I could wear it with the lapis out. It just looks like mm. a nice Jupiterian stone. But on the inside, touching her skin, is the a Solomonic seal, proper Solomonic seal of Jupiter, which is a circular shape. And um, and I make these a lot. Sometimes I'll get two seals and just turn them back to back. But there's another way to do it, too. And had she been a jeweler, I would have told her she could have actually put the seal in so you don't even see it. Now, the seal is for the back of the cabochon. Uh. And, and, um, and then afterwards, if you made it with prongs instead of a bezel, you can slip in a paper charm and in there. Um, so these are the kind of works that I prescribe for people. But again, you need a little craftiness to make them, but you can mm-hmm. make them. Mm-hmm. You can take um, two coins, um, for instance, and drill a hole through both of them, put something right. between them, and, uh, and glue it with goop. You don't need to solder them and fry the paper. You just do it. So I'm a great believer in amulets that are double-sided. So one-sided repels evil, and the other side attracts mm. good, right? Or the one side is protection, and the other side is aggression. Whatever it is That's you want, so double-sided okay. amulets are really great. So the same for love uncrossing and love reversing. If you're going into a situation where you want to appear humble, not attract the evil eye, you put the one side out. Just protect me. I'm sweet. And if you want to go to the club and, like, you know, draw that hot guy with the beard, you turn it the other way. Just flip the necklace over and just turn the amulet out. And now you're, you know, you're you're really there for somebody. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Love it. Very cool. Love it. That that way of working when you have both sides is, is exactly the type of thinking that also goes into love uncrossing work, right? It's love mm-hmm. uncrossing work is two different kind of works that are mushed together. You are uncrossing, right. protecting, removing, and then you're drawing with the other side. So actually having a physical representation of that uh, is is absolutely fantastic. And I and I love that you could 
because it's two-sided. You could dress it with two different oils, too, right? A little bit yes. of protection on one side, a little bit of love on the other side. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And also, it, it allows people to make a transition in their life from being, I'm cursed, I need protection, I need uncrossing, right. to, by the way, I am sexy and you're going to want me. And they'll have their days, you know, they have their, they'll have their ups and downs. And this is a way to, to allow them to um, play it either way. And because there's a gap, what what you said here is so important. After after the uncrossing, there's that pause before there's the love drawing, and this mm-hmm. is where so many people fall off the path. There's that okay, now I'm uncrossed, so love should just be coming to me, and that's kind of was what Doc Murphy was saying about is it should I just follow fate? Yeah. No. No, I think at the point where you feel I'm uncrossed, I'm able to stand tall, I'm doing good, that's the moment you have to begin the actual pro-love work. Because if you just yeah. stand there, you could be the most beautiful one in the world, the, the 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 one with the sexy beard, and you would be represented by the card in the tarot deck called the hermit. Okay? Just, mm-hmm. I got my life, I'm, I'm holding my lantern, come find me. And I got a sexy beard, too. <laughs> right? Yep, yep. And and the hermit, people don't realize, is the hermit is actually a very powerful card. The figure of the hermit is powerful, but the power is up in a mountain distance somewhere, not affecting anything. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so there is that moment. Um, I often recommend a particular song uh, by a group that was called um, The Exciters, and it was called Tell Him. And it says, I know something about love. And you, you ought to listen to that song. I have I've linked YouTube links to it all over the forum because people are like, I can't tell him. Oh, yes, you have to tell him. And there's this bizarre proto-music video that goes with this that was before MTV. There were these rare, odd music videos. And for some reason, this group, the Exciters, which had both male and female singers, it was a very unusual group, African-American um, rhythm and blues type singers they filmed this at a zoo and it's mm. like one of the craziest videos you'll ever see but i'd say almost a hundred people to go look at that video and say look at this this is this is advice to you from decades ago you've got to tell him tell him yeah um tell him and then the last lines are tell him tell him tell him tell him right now <laughs> so <laughs> That's Billy so Joel, true. That's... tell her about it, kind of fills the same one, too. Tell her all your crazy dreams. Let her know you need her. Let her know how much she means, because otherwise she'll be gone one day. So you got to let That's her know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, we're going to have um, Jeremy come in in just a minute and give us a client, but I'm going to take one little extra half minute here um, to say that my darling Nagashiva um, it has actually cut down these... Um, pictures of the covers of Bottle Up and Go and mm. um, and the Guiding Light to Power and Success. They have URLs. He's going to post the URLs immediately. Okay. So it is, um, of course, luckymojo.com slash bottle dash up dash and dash go dash cover dot jpg, all lowercase letters, um, bottle up and go cover.jpg and the other one is similarly formed luckymojo.com with dashes between everything with lowercase letters guiding light 
to power and success cover.jpg. So you can catch them in the chat. I want to, I, I'm not going to get off this until someone goes and looks at one and tells me how beautiful they are. <laughs> Come on, guys. Go click those links. Find out how beautiful they are because um, um, he really did a nice job of quickly getting those up online. And I really hope Ah, Angela L. Com, uh, complied. She says, stunning. Hound and Hearth says, amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is the stunning and amazing artwork of um, Gray. Oh, Hound I love Hearth. the bottle up and go one. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. The little doll <laughs> with the nail in it. Look at that. Yes, that yes. That's fantastic. Yes. And um, the coloring was by Alice from the Netherlands and um Gray did the designs, did the lettering and um yeah, the Hound and Heart says bottle up and go looks like a vintage catalog cover. The funny thing about this one, I just gotta I just gotta say this. It was gonna be on a blue cover and I wasn't liking the blue so I cut out everything and I I also wanted to rearrange it because of the way the jars were. The colors weren't quite right. And so I was making my new picture with little chopped up, you know, with scissors, right? Just playing with scissors and glue. And I laid it down on my card reading table. This is the, the table that I read all the cards on. It is Indonesian teak. And I laid it all out on the teak. And I took a picture just to show him the new layout of the bottles. And I looked at it and I thought, damn, that looks good on brown. <laughs> and, and then we he looked at it too and he goes, yeah. Let's do this cover on brown. So, yeah. And Gray Gray saw it, too. He went, man, that brown is hot. Um, and then the other one, the Guiding Light cover, um, is based on an old menu for a, um, a uh, I guess you could call it a cocktail lounge in a hotel. And it said on it, had, instead of saying the Guiding Light to Power and Success, it said, the Candlelight Room. And I had bought that menu years, years, years ago, just knowing those colors are so odd. I will use them later. Didn't have any idea where. I actually bought it when I was still in the comic book business. I went, someday I'm going to use those colors somewhere. And um, and there it is, um, the candlelight room. So thanks, guys, for appreciating them. And um, this means the books are very close to coming out, very close. Save your shekels, as Stan Lee used to say, $9 each. And they will be um, given as workshop gifts at the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2020. Um, And hopefully Jeremy will tell us a little bit about that this uh, evening. Okay, now we're going to have our client. Sorry I had to cut into that. Stay tuned, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with today's host, Ms. Catherine Ironwood and Doc Murphy, and this week's special guest, Conjurman Ali, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Science League a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first client, who is going to be Justin, area code 213. Justin, are you there? Yes, I am. How's it going, sir? I'm terrific. How are you, Justin? 
I'm on top of the world. I just got back from the beach. <laughs> I had to run awesome. to catch the show. <laughs> Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Justin is uh, well known to uh, the radio show, and he wanted to ask uh, the question, should he return to the military as an officer? Wow. Okay. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's been on the that's been on the hot ticket for the moment. All right, and uh, let's just find out real quick what sign of the zodiac are you, Justin? Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh my. Oof. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to let someone <laughs> else explain that. <laughs> All right. So, um, who's doing our first reading today? Is it? It's me. Okay, take it away. I guess I got (laughs) Hi, Justin. It's good to talk to you in person. Hey, how's it going? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just doing a quick little four-card spread here, the um, past, present, obstacle to the present, and the future. And the question seems to be whether or not to to return to the military and go back as an an officer. Um, I'm looking at the four cards here, and the... The narrative is a little interesting. Um, what I have the card that's in the past is actually the death card. And it seems mm-hmm. like uh, something in the past that was a gigantic, major, massive change um, that's probably instigating what this decision actually is or what it entailed. Um, death isn't about actual death so much as it is about you know ultimate transformation and things never being the way that they were before. So... It would appear that something happened in your past that's kind of edging you towards this decision. Um, what I have in your in the card of the present is actually the King of Swords, who is and translated in many ways as a military leader. This is somebody who um, um, does hold a position of mm, leadership, command, strategy. This is this is the kind of the king you don't really mess with. He's the, he's the uh the general, so to speak. Um so this is definitely what you were considering and this is kind of what's sitting in that particular slot. Um the card that sits into the obstacle toward the present, I have the ace of cups. And this speaks to, you know, uh, being spiritually fulfilled. Now with it being a, a um uh, a, a card that kind of comes in conflict with the present doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad thing, but it's going to complicate things because clearly there is a, a very rich, deep spiritual um, life that you have. And that may be what's sort of crisscrossing your decision to go back and to be an officer in the military, which um, may or may not have its spiritual component. So this might be mm-hmm. where the struggle is with regard to uh, whether or not to go back and uh, become an officer is that there's this deep, deep spirituality and this deep fulfillment up within your spirituality that you're pursuing. Um, the card that I have in the future is mm, also telling. I have the Seven of Swords, and the Seven of Swords is a, a fellow actually in a military site that's actually picking up swords and from the enemy and sneaking away with them. It has to do with, well, you'll, there'll be some success, but eh, not really in the best possible way. Um, you may actually have to be um, a little bit sort of on your own and underhanded. Um, kind of the translation that I'm getting here is that you know, this is something to really think about with regard to, um, you know, your spiritual needs and, and the, the feeding of your heart before you make this decision because it may turn out that you go back into the military 
um, but that that officership might force you to make some decisions that um, may not be actually the best. So I would say kind of hang on to that and you know, contemplate that Ace of Cups spot and see if what sort of conflict that comes in with regard to um, your decision about the military. I, I hope that helps. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, interesting that um, Seven of Swords is a card that it can, I, I like the way you said, a little underhanded. It could indicate also perhaps some sort of underhanded dealings against you. Okay. Just yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, let's see what Ollie has to say. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, you, you, you. I mean, the Hoodoo Psychic and you really jumped out. So I pulled a, a geomantic reading here and uh, looking at the, the houses to see what's going on here. And one of the things that the geomancy allows you to do is uncover hidden components. So there's a sort of calculation that you do in which you count up numbers and then start to divide them until you're left with a house. Uh, and there's an indication here uh, that there is there is an end. There's two things that are showing up. First, like Doc Murphy says, there's a there's a sort of death component here. But more significantly, there is an ending that's happened. This is in the seventh house, and we have Cauda Draconis, which is the closing of a door. Something has been shut to you. Some door has closed. Some avenue has closed. And this is what is guiding your decision to a certain extent. This has not happened randomly, though. The door didn't shut because the breeze blew. The door shut because you had someone undermining you some type of enemy, some type of person who uh, was not a fan of yours or someone who closed an opportunity for you. Uh, And that closing of the opportunity is what's changing your particular uh, path. It's what's leading you towards maybe you wanting to re-enroll in the military here. There is caution because the figure that represents you is Puella or the young girl. This is a Venusian sign that is uh, very much in flux. Not a bad figure, but it is not a figure that generally represents Capricorns, which are steady earth signs. They're cardinal earth signs, for that matter. They're their capacity for rapid change, but change that is stable and, and, and long-term. Here is an indication that you may have more than one interest, that your particular mind and heart seems to be going in a variety of different directions. Um, the Puella card in particular generally deals with some type of uh, building, creating, beauty, art, computers. Uh, all these things kind of c- come to a factor, uh, media of some sort. So be aware that it seems like your, your attention, there's a variety of different interests for you. And you're going to have to narrow those down. Find where your real calling is. None of these are indicating that you should go back in the military. The good news is that if you do, you'll do well. You'll do fine. But there is a problem. You need to, you need to step back, figure out what it is you really want, what will really nourish your soul, kind of take all of the, these disparate interests. You kind of want to do one thing and then another thing, and then redirect it towards one thing that will really nourish your soul, and then that will bring you success while doing some type of protection work to deal with this enemy that's closed a door for you. Finally, this is confirmed with the Eight of Cups, which is you walking away from something. So there's, there's something else there. So uh, be, be aware that there are some, you know, you can be successful here, but there's some complications that will involve you needing to really rethink and reassess 
and kind of figure out where your interests really lie. All right, that's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Kat. Uh, maybe she can get some, some questions or answers for you and then uh, give you some group work advice. Thank you so, so much. Um, you know, this is um, – I'm not a particularly a great fan of the military, um, but I also know that the military offers a tremendous – uh, security to people as long as they don't send you into combat at which point you know you basically become somewhat destroyed <laughs> you know or the potential is there to be destroyed but um but on the other hand i know many people who have been in the military and stayed till retirement and had a good life after and really done well and so i can't fault it for that and um what i'm seeing here is um both readings show that you it's it's kind of a hard choice here because there's there's things that you are interested in which are more spiritual more aesthetic and then there's this idea of leadership being offered to you all right so i'm going to um give you some root work advice here i i first of all and i don't always do this on the air first of all i would like you to get your chart done and I would like you to get your chart done, particularly right now with all this um, bizarre stuff happening in Capricorn. Capricorn is oh, yeah. a sign of, of career military. We have um, we, we've just been piling through this weird Capricorn junk, and it's been affecting every Capricorn. I think half the people calling me for readings are Capricorns these days. So I'd like you to get your chart done if you haven't done already. Um, get someone to look at it from the standpoint of transits. So Kanjaman Ali is reopening his practice. And um, also Deacon Millett can do this kind of work. Um, William Stickevers can do it, and I do it as well. There are many of us who will do it. But I'm, I'm asking for you to get a, a checkup through transit because um, there's going to be a time contract um, that you're going to have to sign up for, and we want to see where where the planets fall during the time of that contract. On the other hand, as a Capricorn, being honored and respected is something that's going to be very good for you. And rather than going in as you know just some sort of a lower level, um, uh, you know, person in the in the military, going in as an officer will definitely satisfy that Capricorn. Uh, nature that you have and may do very, very well for you. So I would like you to consider this. I want you to get the dirt from the grave of someone who served in the military with distinction whom you admire. Now, in these Internet days, you could say it was, you know, Brigadier General so-and-so, and and they lived in such-and-such and and were buried over there, and you could find somebody who would actually go get you that dirt. I'm sure you could. But um, it may be someone near to you. I want you to get the. I want you to go if you can personally to the grave. If you can't get the dirt sent to you of someone who was in the military whom you admire, and it doesn't have to be a brigadier general. It could be, you know, um, your uncle uh, Joe who was a corporal in World War II. It doesn't matter. But they should have served with distinction and honor. Okay. And I want you to um, set up a little space and I want you to have that dirt on the space or if you can be at the gravesite just do your work right there at the gravesite you don't have to bring the dirt home and I want you to talk with them um, and ask them literally to commune with you to tell you what should I do 
and you know, will the will the good outweigh the bad? I want you to make an offering, of course, of coins. You can put three coins down, and you're also going to ask the spirit, "Will you be with me, um, and and stay by my side as I go through this process?" And um, that dirt you can put into a little container. I like a little metal locket, little something metal that will not break. You know, a jar will break. A, a locket um, is solid. It should be something small. You can go online and look for vintage, oh, gosh, you know, lockets, key fobs, um, fob charms, whatever you want to look. Some of them will open up. When you put the dirt in there, um, and um, and if you can, you know, do this, put the dirt in there and pray over it. I want you, who was successful in the military, to guide me. And you're going to be able to consult this spirit. Now, I don't know how good you are at consulting spirits. I'm going to assume that you've taken my course and you are good at uh, consulting spirits. So if you can do it in, um, oh, you know, um, any kind of charm that you could hold in your hand, something that goes on your key ring, be fine, and hold it in your hand. And then you say, now, should I or shouldn't I? This is called having a familiar spirit. Um, in um, Scandinavian uh, folk magic, it's called a spiritus. You, if you are lucky enough and find, um, rather than just the dirt, I'm going to tell you this may sound a little strange, but if you find something uh, like an insect that was uh, on that grave, you can put it in the box and with the dirt. That's always a good one. It kind of anchors the spirit. It gives a little body to live in. I want you to carry that with you. If you rejoin, that will be like a lucky talisman for you. It's also renewable. Hey, if it gets lost, you can go back to that grave and get some more of that dirt. Don't worry about it. It's not the one and only of what it is. But I think that would be a good thing to carry. You can dedicate it. Now you've taken my course. You know you're going to dedicate this with a little bit of a... You know, you had put three coins out in a triangle and dug in the triangle. <clears throat> you're going to put three candles out <clears throat> when you get back home. Put out three tea lights. That would be good enough. They look like coins. Um if the person whose whose dirt you get has any kind of um, connection to any particular military action or war, you might want a coin from the time of their prime of their life. Go and go to a coin shop and get a coin that represents them. If you want to really make nice offerings and this person served in the Spanish-American War, you know, get some coins from 1898 or whatever and put them out. They're not that expensive if you get used coins and low denominations. So you want to establish this it could be with someone higher up than you. It could be with someone, um, you know, who made a good show of um, advancement, who was courageous, and you're going to have them to work with you. Okay? All right. Well, I'm sorry we ran a little long because we started a little late, but I hope that um, satisfies your needs, Justin. Okay. Next comes the fabulous announcement from the world of electrons. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. 
all time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Conjurman Ali of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. Take it away, Conjurman Ali. Thank you. So I've got a, a free spell for you that involves kind of two components, uh, a cleansing component and then a sort of ritual component. You want to start this on a Friday before dawn. Uh, when I say before dawn, I don't mean when the sun is rising. I mean actually at, when it's still a little bit dark out. You're going to get together some rue violet leaves, and you're going to brew this into a tea. You're going to pour this into a bath that you've drawn. You're going to mix in milk and honey and rose petals, and you're going to add a couple drops of Blockbuster oil. This is the bath Miss Cat was talking about earlier in the show. It's my go-to bath for love and crossing work. Uh, it's a combination of really old-fashioned hoodoo with a very old bath that, that stretches all the way back to ancient North Africa. Cleopatra was famously said to have used this particular bath. It's great for the skin. It's also fantastic for removing crossed conditions when it comes to love. So you're going to let yourself soak and bathe in this. Just let yourself sit and sit until the sun starts to rise. So set yourself, you know, a good 30 minutes to an hour to soak in this. You're going to then allow yourself to air dry and set aside a little bit of the used bath water. Now, you're going to need a little bit of astrological knowledge here, but it's very simple. You're going to find out what planet rules your sign. So if you're a Taurus, that's Venus. If you're a Capricorn, that's Saturn, etc. And then you're going to work in the hour of that planet. So this is very important. You can look this up online. You can use what are known as planetary calculators. You just type in planetary calculator into Google, and it'll figure it out for you. And you'll find out that, okay, since if you're, say, you know, a Gemini, that the Mercury hour is going to be at 3 p.m. or it's at 6 p.m. That's when you're going to do the next part of the work. So find out which which planet rules your sign and then when the planetary hour is. You can look this up online. Once you've got that, you're going to set up your altar. You're going to set up your altar by splitting it in a half. You're going to have a left side and a right side. In the middle, you're going to have a piece of paper that you fold it and also split in half. So don't tear it yet. Don't tear it yet. On the left-hand side of this piece of paper, you're going to write down everything that is holding you back from love. This can be your fear of putting yourself out there. It can be uh, insecure about your looks, your weight, your height, anything, your past hurts, anything that you think is holding that, you put it all on that piece of paper. On the right-hand side, you are going to write out all the things that you desire out of a relationship. I want to be in a secure and happy relationship with a handsome or gorgeous partner who is financially stable and affectionate and loyal. You're going to list it there. You're going to carefully tear that piece of paper in half. Now, how the paper tears can be used in divination. If it tears and suddenly it cuts into a particular quality, let's say it cuts into fear, take that as a sign that fear is the main thing that you're going to be working against. So you can tear it and then pay attention to the way that it tears. You can use that as a sort of omen 
or whatnot. You're on the left-hand side of this table. You're going to put that left-side piece of paper. You're going to put it there with a black candle and a candle holder. You're going to take that bath water that you bathed in earlier and set it next to the table on the left. You're going to put it down on the floor next to the table. On the right, you're going to array a small jar, some rose petals, lovage, cuba berries, catnip, a small lodestone grit, no, you don't need a big one, some magnetic sand, and violet leaves. You're also going to place hair from your head, hair from your pubic region, and a fingernail from your left ring finger, along with a pink candle. You're going to set it there on the right. You're going to begin by lighting your black candle. This is not dressed. It's not anointed. You're just going to leave it undressed in that candle holder. And as it's burning on top of the piece of paper that you've placed underneath, you're going to pray, Lord, break the chains that hold me back. Untie the bonds and let me be free. And when you say it, you're going to move the candle one inch to the left. And you're going to keep repeating this, saying the prayer and moving the candle with the paper until it reaches the edge of your altar. When it reaches the edge of your altar, take out the piece of paper and light it on fire from the black candle flame. Hold it very briefly and then dunk it into that bath water that you have left on the left-hand side of your altar. You are going to then take intentionally that candle and snuff it out in that water. So the water should now hold the used bath water, the ashes of the paper, and the snuffed out wax. Take this to a crossroads and throw it to the four corners. You're going to pour out one direction, the next direction, and then you're going to walk away without looking back. So all the four directions, you're going to toss out this bath water, the ashes, and this candle. Walk away and do not look back. When you arrive home, you're going to wash your hands real briefly with some Van Van oil. Take some Van Van oil and anoint your hands with it. Just wash it to clear it off. Or you can spritz it, add it to a, couple, to a spritz bottle. Spritz, spritz, wash your hands. And now you're going to turn your attention to the right-hand side of the altar. While you are praying for love and happiness, you are going to take your petition paper and all those herbs and roots and put them into the jar one by one. The final thing that you'll add is the lodestone grit upon which you will sprinkle some of that magnetic sand. Then you will pray into that bottle. Oh, Lord, bring me love from wherever it is. May it come to me and come to me quickly. Close the jar and seal it. Anoint your pink candle and burn it down on top of that jar. You can anoint it with come to me oil and love me oil. Burn it down. Keep that jar in your bedroom and shake it up daily for two weeks. And then after two weeks, you can shake it up every Friday. When you find the love of your life, you are then going to add their hair from their head, their pubic, and their fingernail to that jar and keep it under your bed. And this is to ensure that you have a happy relationship evermore. This is the spell. Hopefully you all find it useful. Oh my gosh, and you that, that was Wow <laughs> <laughs> Wow That that is so perfect, so so beautiful. And here's our music. <laughs> <laughs> right in the nick of time. <laughs> just in time. Um Justin 
says, that one is loaded. Yeah, and uh, Miss Miranda Tarot says, wow, that spell. That is for life. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Let's. Miss Michael says, what? No sugar or honey in that jar? Nope, says Conjubinale. No sugar. Just just the stuff. Um, all righty. Um, we're going to um, turn this over to Dr. Jeremy. Now, he has his little programmatic end stuff half memorized, but we're going to turn him loose because I want him to talk about what's coming up in October uh, 16, 17, 18th, the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So, Jeremy, you're on. You're live. It's not memorized. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, thank you, Miss Cat and Doc Murphy, and thank you, Conjurman Ali of the Conjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California, for bringing our guests this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Miss Elvira of Elvira.com. Santa Rosa, California, uh, bringing us the topic of pagan celebration, the first harvest. Miss Cat, I think, wants me to sneakily tell all of you that we are going to possibly have a virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival um, uh, October 16th through the 18th. Um, details to follow. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy, joining you from uh, <laughs> Seattle, Washington. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in next week. Thanks, to everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to fill in a little bit Thank more here for Jeremy. Um, so this virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival is is going to be offered very soon. Tickets will be available. It will be workshop style, as we've always done, but it'll be conducted via Zoom. And um, uh, some of the uh, guests are going to be, or presenters, I should say, are going to be uh, Conjurman Ali. Um, I'll be there. Me, um, Richard Webster, um, Dr. Jeremy Weiss. and yep. I can't even name everybody else because I don't remember them. That's what Jeremy's there to remember. Um, <laughs> Saint Saint, Lara Rivera, <laughs> Live Radio. <laughs> I think Madame Pamita has committed, but we're working on it. Oh, we're working on there it. There we are. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.